What's going on and welcome into a game day edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by Seeky. I'm Daniel Salerson. Tonight, the Pelicans begin a three-game homestand as they welcome in the Chicago Bulls. We have a very special guest today on the podcast. We're going to be talking to little Jose Alvarado. There's no better person to talk about him than his former coach at Georgia Tech. That's Josh Pastner, who is the current head coach at Georgia Tech. Took the team to the tournament last year. Jose Alvarado, a big part of that. He joins us this morning to talk about what an exciting player Jose Alvarado has been for the New Orleans Pelicans. Coach, good morning. Good to talk to you. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, been no surprise to see how Jose's been playing. Um, he's just a winner. He's a winner in high school, a winner in AAU basketball, a winner in college, and now a winner in the NBA. So uh, um, just really proud of him. Um, he's got the Pelicans in a great opportunity. Obviously, a big game Sunday versus the Lakers with a lot of playoff implications. So, uh, uh, but Jose has been, you know, has been a great addition uh, to the Pelicans. And like I said, no surprise for my end. Yeah, absolutely. We'll start from his career at Georgia Tech and then work our way up to what you've seen from him in the NBA. But how does a guy from Brooklyn, New York, end up in Atlanta, Georgia with your squad? Not a lot of people recruited him. Um, most people, when I offered him a scholarship, thought I was crazy to offer him a scholarship. Said he's too small, not quick enough, um, doesn't do this, doesn't do that. And they're like, coach, you're in the ACC. He's just, he's a mid-major player, you know? And, and, but what I, and I was like, when I got the job at Georgia Tech and I looked who we play in the ACC, Duke, North Carolina, Louisville, Syracuse, Virginia, et cetera, et cetera. You know, you, 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 you just, you've got to have guys who obviously are really good players, but you got to have some toughness. And I said, when I got the job, I said, man, we need to have guys who, when we line up for the national anthem and we're facing the other team and the sweat's coming down, like they're, they're looking right at that other team when that anthem's going, you know, and they're standing there and they're, they're seeing the other guy, they're ready to go right for, right for them. They're not afraid that, that the other team we're going to play might have nine McDonald's all Americans, you know, nine five-star recruits. And so, I saw Jose Alvarado in Las Vegas at a Sunday morning, 8 a.m. game. Nobody was really there. Their, their team didn't want to be there. The other team was just kind of going through the motions. And the only guy that was playing so hard and he was getting in his teammates' faces for not playing hard enough was Jose Alvarado. And I was like, man, I've got to have that guy. He's who I want. And we just I, – I loved his toughness. Obviously, Georgia Tech has had great success with, with New York guards from the past of guys like mm-hmm. Stephon Marbury and Kenny Anderson and, and guys like that. And so to be able to get Jose, and a lot of people tried to tell me not to take him, that he's not good enough, not for what you're trying to do in the ACC. Great lesson to show that it's not about the rankings or the stars because those things do not go into the evaluation of the toughness of the heart of the internal drive, the guts inside. And that's what Jose has. And that's why I loved him. And he came here and was, you know, by the time he was a senior, senior is the best. He was probably the best guard in the ACC. Yeah, defensive player of the year in his final year with you guys. Uh, but let's talk about kind of his evolution from his freshman year to the senior. What, where did you see the growth from him from his freshman year all the way up to uh, when he graduated with you guys? Like, what was the biggest thing that you saw that you're like, all right, Jose's kind of figured this out. He already had the toughness, as you mentioned, but some of the other skill sets that a point guard needs, where did, when did that all evolve for him? 
Yeah, look, I think he got better as the time went on, and, and we've really prided ourselves on player development. That's been a real big thing with us in our program, and I think we do that as well as any team in the country. I think we do a great job on player evaluation and a great job on player development. Um, and, but with player development, it takes time. And so Jose came in, yes, he had, as you mentioned, the toughness, and there was a lot of good things about him, but he also had to get better at his skill set. And he wasn't a great shooter, didn't know how to play in pick and roll, and um, uh, didn't know how to do certain things, you know, skill-wise. And it just took a lot of time. Um, it took a lot of butting heads between he and I at times. Um, but but it, it got there to the point where his junior year, when he, he had an ankle injury, when he came back off his ankle injury and, and his senior year, he was about as good of a guard as there was in the ACC. Uh, so that last year and a half, and he became a really, really good shooter. I mean, a really good shooter. And he became a great pick and roll basketball player. And, and that, again, excellence doesn't happen by accident. I mean, the amount of effort and work that he put in to get to that point, um, obviously, you know, goes a long way. I mean, that's, he had to do his part, his job, which he did. And, um, and it's why we, you know, it's why, yes, he was ACC Defensive Player of the Year. Um, he was also the first time since Chris Paul to lead the league in steals for two years in a row, which Jose did. Um, it was also that he could have easily been ACC Player of the Year, too. Now, our other guy, our center, was ACC Player of the Year that, that year, Moses Wright, who's now with the Dallas Mavericks. And people want to know why we had a, 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 a tough year this year. I tell people I lost two pros. I'm not at Duke or North Carolina. We're at Georgia Tech. When you lose two pros, you're probably going to have a little time to, <laughs> to take you a little step. To, to, it's going to take you a year to get re recycled back. But uh, um, that being said, uh, he, he was really good. And so I, he really could have easily been ACC Player of the Year. But um, um, he just got better in his skill set. And, and, and he became a great pick-and-roll player and a great shooter, especially that last year and a half here at Georgia Tech. We had Moses Wright in training camp with us, so I know a lot about Moses Wright with him and Jose being together for preseason games uh, with the Pelicans. So you talked about, you know, having for him having to work at it, and we talked about it here, his work ethic. We see it, one of the first ones in, last one to leave. His energy at practice, his energy during the games, in the hallway, wherever you see him, he always has the energy. Was that the same way in all four years there at Georgia Tech? Yeah, he was just like that. I mean, he, he people loved watching him play. I've had I had more people just whether it's Georgia Tech fans or just people around the country. They loved watching Alvarado play because of how hard he played. He would I can't tell you how many 50 50 balls that that he won. I can't tell you how many times there's be a ball on the floor. He would literally go diving head first into the stands and just beat the opponent to the ball and get us a winning play and save a bucket for us. I, I can't tell you how many times he hides in the corner and gets a steal, you know, that he still does it in the NBA. And, and I, and I tell him all the time, I says, Jose, stop doing that. It's, it will never, it, it will never work in the NBA. I say it will never work in the NBA. And of course it's by, don't ask me how it still works in the NBA. It's unbelievable. And, um, uh, but, uh, um, it's really amazing, and, and, and people love watching him play. And there's a thing, just like you said with, the, with, with your organization, people can, can, can appreciate Jose because he's not 6'9", he's not 6'10", he's not been gifted with some incredible athleticism or anything. He's, he's a normal average Joe like you and I. It's just his, 
he, he just puts his working boots on, his hard hat on, he rolls his sleeves up, and he, he plays so hard every second. He doesn't take it for granted. And I think that's why people are attracted to him. People appreciate that. And during the draft process, I was telling everyone, people would be calling me and say, well, they'd always, again, in the NBA, they would be calling me and a lot of the people were like, well, I'm just not sure about his size. And they, they would always about what he can't do. And I just kept saying, hey, man, look, you, I'm telling you, as a coach, you're going to want this kid on your team. He just makes winning plays. I, and I can't explain it. I understand he's not going to pass the measurement test. He's not going to win the 40-yard shuttle. He's not, you know, he, the, the dive on the floor to save the game on a 50-50 ball might not show up in the box score, but he's just going to make winning play after winning play, and he's going to be contagious with his energy, and the coaching staff and the players are going to love him, and will the fans. And so um, I'm glad the Pelicans have recognized that. They've done a great job with him, and, and it's been a real joy to watch. Yeah, you mentioned him hiding and trying to steal a ball from behind. He did, actually did that ironically in Atlanta the other night um, in a huge game. Um, took the ball right from Trey Young as Kevin Herter was inbounding it and laid it in. And we were all just, the bench was going crazy. Everyone's going crazy. So some of that stuff he is still doing in the NBA. And we talk about his steals and, you know, his, his steals have been really good here with the Pelicans. His steals to turnover ratio is actually one of the best in the league for among rookies. Is that just instinct with him? Where does that come from as far as, you know, a lot of that is effort, but there is a gift to being what to do what he is able to do as far as stealing the basketball. Where, where does that come from? Is that something that you all worked on ferociously or is that something that he already had when you were recruiting him? No, that's a good point. You know, uh, no, he, he, he's had a good, he's had, he has good hands, uh, uh, hand eye coordination. It's, it's very similar. What he does is stealing the ball is very similar to shot blocking. Like there's not a lot of drills that you can do to, for people to be a great shot blocker. That's a lot of bit about his timing. Like you can get better in a lot of areas. You can get better in shooting and pick and roll. Three things you really can't get better at is, is steals, like the ability to, to just that innate ability to get steals, shot blocking. And when I say you can't get better, I mean, it's, it, there's just something about timing. You can work on it, maybe get a little better, but it's really about timing. And then the third thing I think is rebounding. Sometimes you just have that ability to go get the ball. You know, because rebounding is is pursuing and anticipating and and feet and everything else, and and you're gonna you just have it kind of within you. So, again, not that you can't get better in those three areas of steals, shot blocking, and uh, rebounding, but a lot ninety nine point nine percent is just something of a of a reaction of an instinct that's just kind of ingrained, um, in, integrated into your into your DNA in a sense, and you have that ability to do that. Though there's there, there's not a lot of drills or to simulate stuff that you can do that can maybe translate to the game in that it's just got to be production by the game. And I don't know if it's also, you know, when he was younger, he, he, his dad was into boxing and Jose was into boxing. And so I don't know if that helped with his, you know, as, as you know, his boxers got, you know, obviously quick hands and right. quick. And that might've been something that, that, that parlayed into it. I always tell people I, I grew up in Houston, Texas. I was a big Rockets fan and Akeem Olajuwon, who I was a huge fan of, but he always credited soccer was why he had such great feet. You know, it wasn't basketball. Soccer allowed him to have great footwork. And I don't know if boxing, when Jose was younger, allowed him to have good hands for basketball. Yeah, that's a great point. And I, I think that might have something to do with it, I would say so. Um, when you talk about, you know, your former players, you have two of them right now in the NBA from your, your tournament team a couple of years ago. Are you able to communicate with Jose? I know when you're in your season, it's hard for you to keep up and watch games, but now that you kind of 
I know off season is a chance for you to spend time with your family. Are you able to keep up with, with Jose, watch him? How much do you communicate with him uh, throughout the season? You know, it's interesting. You know, I, of course, I've, I've got great relations with all my former players. You know, another guy that was on our team, uh, not on the tournament team, but the, the year actually he was with Jose his freshman year is Josh Okogi, who's with the Minnesota Timberwolves. And, and they call him nonstop motor, you know, because mm -hmm. of his. So that's important to me as motor guys. But, uh, um, you know, what's interesting is, um, um, you know, I, I, I stay in touch here and there. Um, I don't bombard those guys. I mean, you know, during the season, um, I'm, you know, we're focused on our season. They're focused on their season. I wanted to come watch and play on Sunday at the Hawks game. I was actually asked to do for Turner and CBS to do uh, NC2A fast break. So I, I wasn't able to attend Sunday's game, but, but I follow all those guys, box scores, even the guys overseas that played for me that are overseas playing. I, I, I follow them and, and, and I'll, and I'll stay connected to them, but I don't bombard them. And, and, you know, and, and, and again, they, they've got, you know how it goes once they're at that level, they're busy, they're focused on things They're I know Jose's right now locked in on, you know, on the Pelicans on trying to, on trying to uh, um, get them in the playoffs and, and make a run. So usually you have more time. It actually in the off season for, for those, for your former players when, and they usually come back to the school, they've been around and you can spend time with them and hang out and good stuff like that. So, uh, but I've been following them every box score and, and that's why I know Sunday's a big game. And I know that LeBron rested up last night yeah. to not play, to get ready for Sunday. I mean, Sunday's going to be a play, playoff atmosphere there in New Orleans. And, um, and I'm excited to, to, to watch that game on Sunday. Absolutely. I think he was resting to make sure that he can keep up with Jose Alvarado. I think that's the Absolutely. biggest reason why he's resting. Um, before I, I, let you, go ahead. I'm, not trying to tell, I'm not trying to tell coach how to coach because I would never do that. But I say put Jose on LeBron. You know what I mean? Just – just let Jose frustrate LeBron. He, he, he's, he's very capable of doing that. He's done that all along his career. He, he would, he would, he would just cause LeBron fits and LeBron would be like, man, get this guy away from me. Cause he would just be up underneath him the entire time. Well, we've seen him frustrate the opposition a ton, picking him up 94 feet and, and letting him go and, and getting steals. So that's not something new for Jose Alvarado before I let you go real quick. I know you kind of touched on when you're, you're telling teams why you should be drafting him and he did go undrafted, but, for being a two-way player to start this season for the Pelicans. And a lot of people thought he'd spend most of his time in Birmingham with the G League team, and he's barely spent any time. Are you surprised by how successful he's been in his rookie year, despite not being drafted by anyone in the NBA? Well, look, here, here's what I would tell you. Um, <clears throat> a couple things. Uh, one is, um, um, you know, the, the word pro gets thrown around a lot in college and high school and AAU. I, I can't – and look, Daniel, I'm in, I'm in this world. I mean, I'm at a high, high level of college basketball. I'm not in the NBA, but I'm in a very, very high level. I've been at a high level. I've been at Arizona, been at Memphis. I've been here. So I've been at high level places. I've been around pros. I know what pros look like. And, um, and so the word gets thrown around a lot, pros, in, in, in our line of work. This guy's a pro. That guy's a pro. I'm very careful throwing that word around, even in, recruiting, in, in the recruiting process, because I know how hard it is. And I told Jose when we signed when initially in high school, because he wanted to be, he said he wanted to play in the NBA. And I told him, you, I, I would tell him, hey, man, you got a long way to go to even think about that, you know? And because and every kid wants to play in the NBA. You know right. that, Dan. Every single kid in recruit wants to play in the NBA. But I was, I never used the word NBA with Jose ever, ever, ever until his senior year that I said, if you want to really have a shot to even get a cup of coffee, you're going to, you've got to be an elite shooter. 
you know, your toughness is there, but you've got to improve your shooting. You've got to be better at pick and roll. I said, do you even get a cup of coffee? And I tell you what, through the course of the season, when as the season progressed of his senior year, I was like, you know what? Because we were playing the best guards in the country in the ACC, and Jose was better than all of them. And I was like saying, okay, I can see now where Jose can play in the NBA. And that is why after the season, when, the, when people are calling me and telling me about, you know, I like Jose, but I'm really concerned about this, his size, his speed. He doesn't do it. I'm like, hey, guys, I get all that. But he just wins and he's gotten better. And he, the guy's an energy giver and he will fight and scrap and kick and claw and find a way to help your team win. And so um, I wasn't surprised he wasn't drafted, um, um, but I'm not surprised that he's made the team because of his sheer will of desire. And he is always a guy that says, coach, I'm going to bet on myself. People have doubted me all along. And he's exactly right. He's always been too small. He had, he wasn't, he wasn't a top hundred player coming out. People said he wasn't good enough. He's a mid-major player. He couldn't do this. Couldn't be an ACC. He was the best guard in the ACC. And now he's a big time contributor in the NBA. So no surprise from my end. Yeah. We're lucky to have him and just to see his growth, even in his first year going from, you know, really not a rotation guy. And now he's playing meaningful minutes uh, with a team that's making a playoff push says a lot about his work ethic and also what you were able to, to work with him at Georgia Tech. That's Josh Passner, head coach at Georgia Tech. Coach, I really appreciate the time. Even though it's offseason, it's still a busy time for you, spending time with some family, getting ready for next year. And um, hopefully we'll talk to you again and, and talk about Jose and his continued growth in the NBA. Daniel, you're talking offseason. It's more busier than ever before for college. <laughs> transfer portal i sometimes i hear these nba coaches talking about what would it be like to coach in college i said you're crazy i love the i love coaching in college but it is more busier than it's ever ever been because of the transfer portal so there is no more off season in college and and again i'm really looking forward to sunday's game and go pelicans and uh, looking forward to sunday's game that's gonna be a great matchup all right well stay busy go get yourself some jose alvarados uh for next year and be ready to go i appreciate it coach thanks daniel Great stuff there from Georgia Tech head coach Josh Passner. Learned a lot about uh, Jose Alvarado and what he's been able to do. And we're going to need Jose for these final 10 games in a crucial stretch for the Pelicans. Tonight, the Chicago Bulls in town. And then this weekend, a huge weekend inside the Smoothie King Center. Hope you all can attend Friday, or excuse me, Saturday against the San Antonio Spurs at 4 p.m. And then on Sunday at 6 p.m. against those Los Angeles Lakers. A win tonight by the Pelicans would jump them back in the ninth after the Lakers lost to the Sixers last night in Los Angeles. Also good news, you don't need proof of vaccination, don't need to wear a mask anymore, so a little easier to get into the Smoothie King Center. If you were thinking about going tonight or over the weekend, tickets are available 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com. We'll have a full preview of the weekend's games tomorrow with Mike Trudell, sideline reporter for the Los Angeles Lakers and Bill Shoning, radio voice of the Spurs. We'll get a, a double dose of our opposition for over the weekend. Hope you can join us, but hope you can join us tonight, 7 p.m. inside the Smoothie King Center. If you can't make it, you can watch it on Valley Sports New Orleans or listen on ESPN New Orleans 100.3 FM. Big thanks again to head coach Josh Passner from Georgia Tech. And until tomorrow, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek.